Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 95. Today we're joined by our good friend, Andres, who is the man behind Thrills and Magic, both a photographer and a YouTuber. You can find him on Instagram and YouTube by that same name, Thrills and Magic. And so we're so excited to chat with you today. So thank you so much for joining us. First things first, if you can introduce yourself, tell a little bit about your pages, and then we'll jump into it. Hey, how's it going, guys? I am Andres, and I run a collection of social media called Thrills and Magic, and it's essentially just a celebration of all things Disney, theme parks, amusement parks, and roller coasters. Yeah, so before we actually jump into all of the Disney stuff, um, we just want to start by hearing about your life outside of Disney. Uh, So day-to-day, I am a scientist. I work at a laboratory. Uh, Also, like a part-time musician. I used to be a full-time musician for about six years. And uh, yeah, a lot of my time now is just spent creating content for uh, YouTube uh, and Instagram. And also working on a website now to hopefully get some useful things out there too. Yeah. So you are jumping all the way in. And that's one of the things that we like so much about you as we've gotten to know you a little bit more um, on Instagram in particular, and then we've jumped over to YouTube as well. So I think kind of a great way to lay that foundation is tell us kind of what is your Disney story? How did you develop a love and a passion for it over time? And how did that lead into starting all these social media accounts and, and start to produce this content? All right. So Disney has kind of been something I've always, it's, it's always been ever present. You know, growing up, I had the movies on repeat when I was a kid. Um, we used to take trips down to Orlando basically annually when I was a kid. Uh, I was that kid who always ordered the, uh, the travel videos, like the planning guides. <laughs> and I would watch those, uh, just to make sure I wasn't missing out on anything. So even when I was like nine, 10, I was still like, I had that FOMO. And then later on, uh, as an adult, I kind of rekindled that love of Disney going on a trip recently. Uh, that was probably 2017. So it was pretty recent taking a lot of photos like I wanted a nice camera because I had gotten into photography from doing music and taking shots of other bands. So I already had a little bit of knowledge, but going to Disney, it's like taking photos there is just, it's like they design it for that specific purpose. You know, a sunset with the castle is just like a whole nother level of let me not mess this up. Let me take a beautiful shot. And I lost where I was going with that a little bit, but I just amassed so many photos that I didn't want to spam my personal Facebook and Instagram accounts. So, and I feel like this is a common thing with most people that get into this is I created my own Instagram account about August of last year of 2018 and started posting there. And little by little, I got to the point where I'm at now here on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. And I love your beginning story because it brings back so many memories for myself. We only, my sister and I, we got like that Disney video, like the, the planning guide and everything. We wore that out. If we would have known we could have gotten more, we probably would have (laughs) because we watched that for like five years straight. (laughs) They probably like blacklisted your account. Like don't send any more to this address. (laughs) Yeah, they used to come out every year. So I had them for like, I don't know, most of the 90s. I had each one for each year up until I think Animal Kingdom was open. Mm. Because I even know last year when we went to Disneyland, your sister tried to get on and order the videos (laughs) and they're all online now. They don't don't send the physical copies anymore, which is a bummer. Yeah, I see them on I see them on YouTube now. Yeah. But that's funny because I've never heard anyone else mention those videos. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Is it weird to have nostalgia for those videos? Because I <laughs> definitely do. No, I think that's totally called for. Did those have a host like like Stacy and the on the resort TV? Like, was there like a they, common person who was in all of them? I really don't think so. I think I, it was yeah. some voiceover work, and that was it. It was very minimal. There was no like face of the video. Yeah. I was about to say, if there was a person behind it, we were going to try to interview them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because Stacy is, is a goal. Yes. 
that's very cool. Oh, is it? I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if within the community we can find somebody who knows them like by degrees of separation and just work your way <laughs> towards so, that. I don't know if anybody knows her like personally or even online, but mm-hmm. our friend Matt at the Imagineer podcast posted something about her recently and she found it and commented on it. So she oh, is no present way. on social media. You know who else we need to interview? <laughs> you know who it is. No, I don't. Um. Oh, God, it's going to kill me. On the Magical Express. Oh, bus driver. Um, What was his name? Is it like Gus? Gus. I think we might have just nicknamed him <laughs> Gus. But but we we need to interview him, too. So this has quickly turned into a strategy <laughs> meeting. but uh, It can't be helped. I think when you put content creators together, it just kind of naturally happens. What can we create together, you know? Yeah. Ideas happen. That is so true. And I think you're reading our notes because <laughs> our very next question that we had for you was talking about collaboration within the community. So I know that you've recently just filmed some YouTube videos and, and did some photography with our friend Lewis over at Disney Nuts, who I interviewed way back at the very beginning of this. It's one of those that I was so green and so fresh that I don't know if I want people to listen to it, but <laughs> it is. Oh, I, I, I might have listened to it. <laughs> It's episode but, 25 if you guys want to go listen. Oh, man. So can you just chat a little bit about why you think it's so important and so valuable to collaborate and work with other people in the community? Well, one, it's the easiest way to kind of expose yourself to new accounts and reach new people. When you're collaborating with other people, they have another entire set and especially a guy like Disney Nuts, who is basically an ambassador of the Disney community with, you know, what does he have at this point? Like 200,000 followers Mm -hmm. like to have, you know, the people that follow him looking at your content is very helpful. But two, he's just become a really good friend. Like it's that's also the other thing. And because he's a photographer, I learned so much from him in from this guy who has so much experience in shooting photography at Disney, you know, whenever he wants, basically it's his backyard essentially. So it's just amazing to see how he kind of approaches it. And on the same note, he wanted to see how I approach vlogging when I have limited time and am able to create the content that I do. So it just, we're both lifting each other up in the things that we have experience in. And the side benefit of that is that, my small account gains a bunch of exposure. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win for everybody, I think. And I've also made a really good friend. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's such a healthy approach to it. And obviously anybody who's familiar with our podcast, like that's all we're about. I mean, <laughs> we're just collaborating on a daily basis, working with these people. Um, and I think something that you mentioned is something that we've never really mentioned on the podcast, but it's something that we came to the realization of in that a big account, like if you take Lewis, for example, they still have something to gain by working with all these different people. And I think that's a facade or like a, a a false statement that we tell ourselves is that it's, it's only a one way street that there is a mutual benefit from it um, to be able to do things like that. So a, I'd say the takeaways from that are don't be afraid to reach out to anybody and, and ask them to collaborate. You're going to get some no's. We've been told no a couple of times on the podcast, but there's also these people that we've put on this imaginary different level that we're, I guess, for lack of a better word, afraid to reach out to. And a lot of times once we actually do it, they are super down to come chat with us, which is such a refreshing thing. And, and it is a, something that works both ways. Well, I I was going to say, especially within the Disney community, it attracts certain types of personalities, and usually they're pretty humble and generous with their time. At least that's how it's been in my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because obviously you are in a very similar situation that we are with not being in Florida right there with Disney World. So it's interesting that, you know, you are spending your time and especially you being a vlogger, you're trying to get all this content, but you also want to meet up with these people that you've met and your friends. Was Lewis the first person that you've actually like met up with in real life? 
Uh, he was actually one of a pair of photographers that I met at the same time last October. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to kind of get a quick rundown of shooting long exposure fireworks, do all of that stuff. And I actually made a video of that, which was kind of terrible because low light performance being what it is, uh, you know, you never have the right equipment. But Disney Nuts Lewis, he loved it. And then from there, we constantly kept in touch up until we could finally arrange to meet up again. Yeah, that's awesome. So we I want to make it really specific for any of our listeners who are going to go check you out on YouTube or on Instagram, if you could just tell us kind of what is your approach, especially to vlogging and on YouTube, kind of who are your videos for? What is your approach when you're, when you're putting one together? Uh, specifically for videos? Yeah, well, I mean, or just anything in general, kind of who is your target audience? Like who are you creating this content for? If you have like an avatar in mind. um that's a really good question because i think the people who end up following me or subscribing to me are kind of helping inform the type of content that i create so me just kind of being genuinely genuinely curious about things i wanted to see hey what's it like if you go to hollywood studios and don't immediately go to slinky dog what's the rest of the park like let me put that on video or the same thing at Animal Kingdom. What's it like if you don't make a beeline for Flight of Passage? So like those types of questions that I pose to people within like my Instagram stories is something that I will use to further explore. Hey, what's this like? What's that like? What should I be checking out? Do you want to come along with me? There's a video. So it's just if you have that curiosity too, like, and I see that it can apply to trip planners and people who just are curious about how they want to plan their days, even if they're not the type that builds a spreadsheet or something like that. I think that there's one part of my content that is informative and then another one that is trying to be entertaining at the same time. But I try to kind of strip that down and be very straight to the point. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think like some of your more recent videos and especially, you know, the ones with Lewis talking about, it is geared a little bit towards photographers and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, how are we going to frame this shot up? You know, what kind of composition or backdrop do we want for this? But there's also things mixed in about, hey, here's the food at Flower and Garden at this booth, you know, the frushi. This is <laughs> what it was like. So I think that is such a nice mix between, mm-hmm. like you said, the, the entertainment portion and the informative portion. So I think that's a, a wonderful approach. Yeah. Yeah, just trying to keep that infotainment vibe alive, you know, because <laughs> some people have uh, have messaged me saying that they enjoy the videos because um, even though they're just walking around with their phone, it helps them too to kind of take a little more exciting vacation photo. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I think that's so funny that even in just talking about some of those examples, like just being curious about other things, I mean... This past weekend when we were there, we were definitely in with that mix with the Slinky Dog Madness. And we did actually talk about, like, oh, we could be going to Tower of Terror right now. Like, what would that be like? It's probably empty. So that's Mm -hmm. just really funny that you brought that up. (laughs) I wonder what would happen if you, like, walked straight to Muppets. Like, if the cast members (laughs) would be like, you went the wrong way. I know. Are you lost? Can I help you? (laughs) That's not a bad idea. I mean, it would be like all of a 10 second clip just for that joke, but I think it would pay off. (laughs) (laughs) I think so for sure. So kind of sticking with that informative thing. And since I guess since you started in August, you're actually on the exact same timeline that we are for Detour to Neverland. So it's still fairly fresh kind of. Mm -hmm. What are some tips or some lessons that you've learned along the way? about getting started in either photography or YouTube slash Instagram, kind of everything that you've done, kind of what are some of the big things that, that you've been able to pick up along the way? Uh, well, the first thing I want to say is like, be. I know a lot of people will say this, but don't get sucked into worrying about vanity numbers, about the amount of followers that you have, or making sure that there's a larger number of people following you versus how many you're following subscribers and stuff like that. Don't worry about that stuff. It will come with time. You got to put the work in. You just have to be consistent. That's the biggest thing is you just got to follow through on the things that you have and you're going to try a lot of stuff 
that might not work. I put in a lot of effort in the beginning about creating all types of content, but without a base to start with, you're not going to get the type of interaction that you want. So maybe keeping the expectations, you know, you're not going to get 10,000 in a month. Don't, don't worry about that stuff. You're not going to get monetization within your first year. Like just expect to have to put in the work, but along the way, enjoy that journey. The thing that's worked for me the most is just interacting with people that whose content I enjoy and using my content as a way to find the people who enjoy the things I like. I posted a bunch of Jungle Cruise stuff and I found out about Adventureland Day and Tiki Land Day and a bunch of people who are like psyched to meet up at Trader Sam's the next time I go. Like it's just a thing that you're building. Don't consider it something that it's only the end goal. You have so much in between that you can enjoy whatever it is and it doesn't matter where you're starting out remember that everybody starts somewhere and you got to make that first vlog or make that first post before you can make your 50th 100th so enjoy that everybody started somewhere and i think the disney community more so than anything has been super supportive of that and a lot of people have seen me grow and seen the change especially recently there's a challenge of posting your first post in your stories and a lot of people commented on that because the difference now in between the shot composition and depth of field that I use in my photos is just and editing also is just entirely different. It's like I'm developing my own style and I've developed my eye to a point that people are actually acknowledging my growth, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's something that has been said on the podcast before, but I think it does bear repeating talking about that everyone does start somewhere and i say this not to be like a i don't know like a tim trecker hipster but (laughs) i vividly remember watching videos of his when he was getting 900 views on a video which Mm -hmm. is a lot and it's very respectable but it's obviously very small compared to what he gets now so I mean, I think a lot of times you see these big, prominent figures of the community, and a lot of times you don't realize how many times they change their strategy or how much they have grown since they, you know, did it and, and, you know, what breaks they got along the way that you just can't anticipate at the point that you're at right now. Um, And I think consistency is absolutely the key. And we mentioned in a couple episodes ago, talking about how even since we started in August, and I don't know if you've realized this, a lot of the people that we interacted with at the very beginning of this, it is such a shame. A lot of them have stopped their account or they're mm-hmm. not posting anymore. They're not active anymore. Yeah. And that's just a shame that, that people reach that point. But it is, you know, to some extent, social media is survival of the fittest. There are small milestones, I think, that we take and like each month just evaluating where we're at and where we want to go and things like that just little little milestones that we try to reach that help us want to keep continue going obviously and kind of keep that little spark there i think it all helps for sure yeah for sure i I agree with that i'll chime in with uh something that i've noticed as well is that a lot of people like the idea of like being instagram famous or being a youtuber and being successful And I've had discussions with people who are like, oh, what kind of gear do you use? And I will give them every bit of information that they need to be successful or at least to get started. And the follow through does not happen because they realize that it does take work. And sometimes that's off putting. You got to really believe in what you're doing to to get started. Yeah, for sure. And I think more than anything, it's a mindset. Kind of exactly what you said. You got to believe in what you're doing. And it's a mind game of talking yourself out of kind of low points. I mean, there's going to be content that you put out there that completely flops. (laughs) I mean, we've had episodes that we were so excited for and nothing. Just like a stab to the heart. But Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that the next day you post something that maybe you're not as confident about and it does better than anything you've ever done before. So there's just no way of being able to predict things like that. Exactly. And it's also fun to kind of adapt to that. Like I've rarely posted photos of myself, but Instagram being the way it is, that's normally what gets the most response. 
Yes, we've, it's funny that you say that too. It's like we're on the same, you're reading our minds, but we've definitely noticed the same thing too. So especially on this trip that we just took this past weekend, like we made it more of a point to take more pictures of us doing Mm -hmm. things and experiencing the parks and not just like the pretty, you know, things that Brendan loves to take pictures of because that is weirdly what people enjoy. They want to see us. (laughs) Well, I think people want to learn about the person that they're following. It, it helps create this sense of uh, of attachment. Like, I know this person. Like, oh, it's that person again. It's a little more recognizable versus, you know, any sort of shot that could have been from any account, unless you have a very particular style, I guess. So, like, the association that's built is a positive one when they see the two of you. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just my guess is why people are more responsive to to faces but then you look at pinterest and the more abstract photos without people are more successful so go figure yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah the mysteries of social media yeah and and bringing it back to your accounts i think that's something that has made me gravitate to your content so much is because you kind of you get on instagram you get some pictures of you and, and her learning more about your story but you also get the beautiful photos that you put so much work into and then you can go to YouTube and see how you shot it and kind of what your mindset was and what your approach was. So I think the relationship between those two platforms is so unique of kind of the way that you're approaching it. So I think, you know, it's just a wonderful approach. No, to kind of have the two tied together a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, that's something that I stumbled into doing because I wanted to kind of track my own progress and growth and a lot of my approach is just let's see what happens because you know you don't get to wait for different lighting you don't get to wait for much you just got to work with what you got and yeah that's that's about it is like just trying to give people a little behind the scenes stuff and give them a sense of like how who I am in video in rather than in photos Mm -hmm. I thought that that would be more interesting but I don't know uh Moving forward, I'm thinking about putting myself more in stories rather than just like my alien popcorn bucket. Yeah. But we'll see. <laughs> Recently, something that I've become obsessed with are your princess ask videos on YouTube. So you're asking these kind of obscure questions to these princesses or these other face characters. We saw you talk to Gaston and um, the evil stepsisters. I always forget their names, and that's so embarrassing to say. Anastasia and Drizella. And Drizella. Um, I thought so, Cinderella was your favorite movie. It is, but I, I don't pay attention to the villains. <laughs> nobody needs them. So what is it like to talk to these princesses and have them just like think on their feet and answer these crazy questions? Uh, it's a it's a lot of fun, honestly, because I never know what they're going to respond with. There's, you know, half of the surprise is 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 in my voice like I started putting myself in them a little bit more because it well, I wanted it to feel more like an interaction whereas early on I just had them and that that's kind of how it is it's like I got to think on my feet too because of how they respond and I think you see that more so in my most recent video where I asked them like what their three wishes would be uh, and it just gives them an opportunity to maybe not ask the same question that they've uh, not answer the same question that they've been asked over and over again, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm sure that they, they get that a lot. Yes. So it's a lot of fun for me. You know, it's just as much fun for me as I'm I'm hoping that it is to watch. It is fun to watch mainly because we are so painfully awkward. <laughs> we always think that like we have these really unique questions and, and we then, don't. And then, like, we'll hear the person in front of in front of us ask the exact same question that we're. And then we're like scrambling, like, "Oh my gosh, so what are we going to ask now? Like, we can't ask the same question twice. How lame is that?" <laughs> but I do think it is. I the reason why I like those videos is to see kind of you know how they think on their feet and what kind of questions or what kind of answers that these different face characters can come up with because it is such a unique interaction that you can have i mean with the, what do you call a non-face character a non-face character or is it a furry character <laughs> i don't know what you would what i don't the, know I, I think it might be fur character but i'm not sure that's well, like the politically correct <laughs> term I i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure but i can find out very quickly <laughs> i had no idea but that, and that's also a fun thing about 
being engaged in this community is like talking to cast members. Like it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, I, and so I think that interaction with the face character is so much different than like if you put your foot in the mouth with a fur character, <laughs> you just get to walk away <laughs> with no harm done. If you do something completely ridiculous in front of Gaston, oh yeah, you're getting He's going to call you yeah. out for it. Oh yeah, so, he will definitely. He did to me when I had the uh, the um, windbreaker on my microphone. He was like, "Oh, he's fuzzy." And then he just quickly like brushed my beard, and he's like, "Oh, and so are you." It's <laughs> like, "What? This is this is strange, but I'm I'm strangely enjoying it." <laughs> no. But the uh, the way that I approach those princess videos, though, and I've only re- recently figured it out, it's like you're playing, like you're playing pretend, basically. Just you're along for the ride, and just re- I know it's easy to say but you got to relax basically and just kind of play along with whatever they're they're doing and it kind of as long as you relax things naturally happen in a fun way it's it's like playing with a, a kid or something and they're off to to fight a dragon or to you know do whatever it is they open a restaurant and then you can ask them questions about their restaurant you know mm-hmm. it just is feels like just having a, a conversation with them just forget that you're you know, you're just waiting in line and there's a guy taking photos of you. Like, <laughs> just have to. And the one that made me um, kind of stop in my tracks was when I met Rapunzel in my recent video, the Three Wishes video, because that's exactly what she did. She started asking questions to me. And I was like, oh, wow, I really need to rethink how I approach this because it was awesome, but I just wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait to go back with a new question. And kind of have that newer approach yeah so that was my next question was going to be do you have more of those planned i do and i'm probably going to give you little side things here but the people in the disney community have been awesome to bounce those questions off of because Mm -hmm. i have to come up with a question that can apply to all the disney princesses i can't ask about princess or princess princes sorry i can't ask about princes because not all of them do have them I can't ask about sidekicks because not all of them have sidekicks. Like, it's little things like that that they'll call me on. Like, no, because what would this princess answer? Like, what would Anna and Elsa answer about the princess? Like, don't know. (laughs) That's a good that's a good point. So do you have a favorite princess to talk to? Like, is there one that you're always the most excited to talk to? Hmm. I, I feel bad answering this question. I don't want to like say anybody's. <laughs> Everyone been has a favorite. Cinderella is a big fan of the show, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, in that Three Wishes one, she said she had everything she needed. Mm. Cop out. <laughs> right, it's a little, little bit of one, which is why I put the stepsisters right after her because they had a lot to say. Yeah, <laughs> they always do. <laughs> <laughs> um. So far, I've noticed two things uh, with the princesses. Aurora is consistently like very straight to the point. Very, just, very good answers, but very straight and to the point. But she also talks very softly, which makes mixing her very difficult. <laughs> um, Jasmine is always super thoughtful, super thoughtful. And then Rapunzel is usually the most fun, which in terms of like trying to get something out of you. And that's been consistent like over the last three videos that I've done. Mm. So like you can see in a way how the personality the princesses have kind of gets conveyed in their answers and the way that they answer them. But also they speak completely differently. And I think I will mention here, like that's one of the reasons that having the audio equipment that I do helps a lot to kind of even out the sound because, you know, you got a baby crying or you have like a polka band playing and you got to kind (laughs) of, you have some, princesses that speak very loudly like um i'm gonna blank on her name because of course i am but um uh the girl from brave what was merida merida there we go like she speaks very strongly and like i have to like dial that way back or like elsa and aurora will speak very softly and so that's one of the fun challenges like bringing all of this stuff and making it an all into one all cohesive 
sounding thing so you're not reaching for your volume knob yeah <laughs> it's a fun challenge for me coming from like an audio background and doing music and stuff like that well if you ever uh want me to send you my file so you can get a, a barking dog out of the background just just let me know if you're <laughs> up for that, that challenge yeah because <laughs> that's uh louie is in our a lot of our videos yeah, i mean not on our videos but our podcast but we didn't we actually so i've been obsessed with corgis for forever I never mm. knew they were vocal until we got him. He loves to talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very vocal. Has a lot to say. Yes, oh, all yeah. the time. So before we head into our fast pass round, Catherine, I want to know which princess would you enjoy chatting with the most? I have my answer if you want me to go first. Okay, you go, <laughs> you go first since you just put me on the spot. I feel like it would be Tiana. You, you can, recently, Brennan has really liked Tiana. Tiana is the best, and you can always revert back to food. <laughs> Like, if you draw a blank, just talk about beignets, gumbo, anything like yeah. that. She's down. <laughs> I think, uh, man, I think from past experience, it's fun talking to Anna, but she's awkward and I'm awkward and that just makes for <laughs> like a really awkward conversation that I think she's always fun to talk to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> I don't know if you're awkward. I don't know. She's just like silly. Yeah, she's like a silly awkward. Yeah. But I love that about her. Well, good deal. So are there any that you have not had a chance to chat with yet? I can't think of any off the top of my head. I basically hit all the ones that are available regularly at Disney World. So I really wish Moana would be a regular thing. Yeah. Yes. Like, can we start a petition for that or something? <laughs> like, it'd be really nice to be able to meet her on the regular. Other than that, no, I, I've met pretty much everyone, which is why I was starting to turn to other face characters just to try to mix it up. I actually um, did a clip with Alice. And yeah. unfortunately, the band that was playing in the UK pavilion was uh, going off at the same time. And it was just impossible to to try to salvage that. Do you remember her answers? Insider uh, tip? Is that too crazy? One was something about shrinking down the uh, the Queen of Hearts so that she could never like get angry at her or chop off her head. The second one was something about no more lessons and having tea parties whenever she wants. In 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 the same answer, I forget how she pulled that off. I'm <laughs> blanking on her third one. But uh, it it was super sweet and it was super perfect. Her reaction when she when I asked her the question was just like this childish big smile because I don't think anybody's asked her something kind of from left field. And that's one of the things that it really is the best of making those videos is the um, you you, you can see, I think, in the clips that I put in where I am asking the question, I immediately you see their their facial response, the expression that they have. Some of them are really excited. Some of them are like, oh, my goodness. It's like (laughs) they don't know because I don't I don't think it's very um, it's unexpected for them. But Yeah. yeah. With it Alice, is, it was a lot of fun. If if you ever get the chance, just personally, some that I would love to see their responses. Mary Poppins, I feel like, would be unintentionally mm. hilarious. <laughs> um, and then the Mad Hatter, I think. Would. Ooh, that's not what I expected you to say. Who did you expect me to say? I expected Peter Pan. Ooh, Peter would probably have a good answer as well. Oh, I'm sure he would. He's like, you know, obviously. Yeah, the hard thing with Peter Pan is like actually finding him because he roams around. Yes. Yeah. So yes. it would be tough. How do you get him to stand still for fifteen <laughs> yeah. seconds? Like I have, I did meet him very briefly, but it was like a thirty-second interaction. Yeah. Because he, you know, there was like kids pulling at his legs. Like it's hard to get a like a one-minute clip with him. Yeah. Ooh, I thought of one more, and then I promise we'll move on. <laughs> Dr. Facilier would be awesome Ooh. as well. Oh, man. Yeah, like villains. But he he can do his own wishes, so I don't know. That that might have to be a different question, but oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I feel like he would always... We met him in Disneyland, and he was super witty. So with any of those villains. Cruella so de Bill. witty, yeah. Oh, Cruella's probably amazing to just ask her She'll a random question or two. Talk She'll about just... someone to roast you. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Oh yeah. I met her at um the Not So Scary last year. She did not make me feel good. <laughs> she just she made some she like 
I don't know. Like she just ripped me apart, my costume and everything. <laughs> yep. We've been It there. was beautiful though. I loved it. <laughs> like she really made me feel bad. That was amazing. <laughs> well, Andres, I thank you so much for sharing the first portion of this episode with us, talking about your YouTube channel and also your Instagram account and also Disney photography. I think that is so helpful for our listeners. Before we head into our fast fast round, we're gonna hear a quick word from one of our partners, and then we will get it started. So if all of this talk about Walt Disney World has you gearing up for your next trip, one of the pieces of planning that you need to do is figure out how you're going to transport your kids. Catherine and I are going to be going with our niece for the first time in October, and we are so excited to have a stroller for the first time. We are aspiring no-bag people. This is going to be one of our first opportunities to do that. So, to check out the offerings from Kingdom Strollers, see the all of their strollers and wagons that are compatible with all of the new rules for Disney, you can head to detourtoneverland.com slash kingdom. Again, that's detourtoneverland.com slash kingdom. So now we are back for our fast pass rounds. So Andres, we're just going to throw out these Disney um, topics. And if you can just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Let's do it. Here we go. The first one's an easy one. It's just name the parks that you visited. So the four at Disney World, plus the two water parks, and only Disneyland, because the day that I went last year, there was a grad nights at DCA, and I did not want any part of that. <laughs> but, but I'm going to um, rectify that. I'm going in August for D23. Ooh. Got any room in your uh, luggage for two more? I was going to say goals <laughs> right there. Man. So, so I guess you're going to visit the parks and go to the convention center to, to see all the talks as well? Yeah, exactly. I'll be uh, camping out for whatever it is. I, I really haven't looked too much into it with all of the Star Wars stuff. It's hard to keep up. But I, I don't know if they've announced all the panels or anything like that. But, yeah. Man. If I find a couple, I will be... I'll be camping out, that's for sure. <laughs> is there any announcement or like rumor that you're really hoping that you hear like in the parks panel that they're going to announce? Well, now it sounds like they're going to talk about a lot of Epcot stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they have uh, whatever the project name is called. And we had those rumors that have been swirling around about certain pavilions closing down. I don't know if there's any truth to that stuff, <laughs> but I do know that they've that Disney did actually um shoot those rumors down but they didn't shoot down the rumors about club cool shutting down and the uh what is that fountain the fountain of nations i, I forget the name of it yeah but that whole area is like that interventions area is going to be closed down i don't know what's going in its place but they're also supposedly coming out with icons for the pavilions, so there'll be one for the play pavilion that's coming out, and then all the, the other ones that are going to be left. So I'm interested to see that, and then what the next phase of like Hollywood Studios might be post Galaxy's Edge, and if there's anything else that they're going to introduce to Animal Kingdom. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and put it on the record now. I don't know if it'll be this year, but I think within the next three years, Tomorrowland is getting a major overhaul. That's my prediction, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> They've kind of been doing it gradually, although they haven't announced anything for, for what's going in where Stitch was, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Because there's all that construction that's going on, like, as you're riding the monorail in, that you can see it's, like, way in front of Tron on the other side of Space Mountain. It's like, what are you doing here? Looks like you're <laughs> prepping for something. <laughs> So we'll right, see. and Tron is pretty far along, so like, I wonder what else they have planned to put in that space. It, I don't think it's just the roller coaster. Yeah, I think there might be something else going on. We dum, can only dum, hope. Dum. Yes, <laughs> but you've seen that they're gradually like repainting it, and like Monsters Inc. got that new sign. So there's definitely like a gradual transformation happening. But I bet you, and I want to call this now, is that they shut down Space Mountain once Tron is open. To refurb and re, you know, update it, just mm -hmm. maybe gut it because I remember hearing about that being done in uh, Disneyland not too long ago, updating the track and everything, and that thing is amazing. And they included all the stuff that they can do for the overlays 
in that mm-hmm. reefer. Yeah. So I, I think Space Mountain is due for it. And what better time to do it than when you have this brand new shiny coaster open? Yeah, that is a, That's a good point. That is a good point. Well, something I, I don't know if this is the appropriate time to put it out here, but we have to have a talk as a as a community. <laughs> Stop making the people mover cool. We waited 20 <laughs> minutes I know, who for has, the people mover. Who waits for the people mover? It used to be like everybody's little inside secret, like such a oh, cool yeah. experience. But nobody's willing to wait for it. No. So stop with the t-shirt. Stop with the <laughs> buttons. Everything. We've got to make People Mover not cool anymore. Yeah. At least to the average person. That's my that's my soapbox that's for today. tangent. Yep. <laughs> no, I agree. What is up with that? It shouldn't have a wait time. That should be just forever a walk-on. Yep. I agree. So we're whopping one question into the fast <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. So next one would be of the parks that you have visited, which one is your favorite and why? That is tough, but for like photography and stuff like that, I love Magic Kingdom. It's just it's got so much going on. It's got a lot of rides. It's got a lot of food. Like it's just where I like to start my trips and where I like to end my trips. It just feels like the nice bookends to it. Like you're at Disney. Like just something about it makes you feel like you're there, but I always have to visit every park. So it's always tough to choose. Yeah. So thinking if you could go on any Disney trip to any location, any, you know, adventures by Disney, what would be your Disney bucket list trip? I don't want to be the person that says Disney sea, but (laughs) if I had like complete at like, just utter control of this is what I want to do. I'm going to take a month off. I'm going to get on a plane and just go to Europe and hit Paris. And from there, assuming that planes flying to China will go east rather than west, because I'm not sure, to be honest. But then just keep going east and do all the Asian parks. Then keep going east, hit Disneyland, and then finish at Disney World. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a plan. I'd I'd probably be dead after all of that but <laughs> oh it would be so good you'd have to have some good walking shoes i feel like oh my gosh yeah you'd go through like a pair of walking shoes <laughs> you need two i think they will go east because i've been seeing a lot of connecting flights that they'll go to europe and then they'll go to like dubai and then dubai will be your connection into the europe into asia okay that makes sense yeah so next one would be your favorite Disney resort. And it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at. Um, for the vibe, Polynesian. I just There's something about being able to go grab some fr- uh, food at, what is that place called? Captain Cook's? Yep. Like late at night. Like Magic Kingdom, shut down, grab the monorail, stop there. Maybe don't go into Trader Sam's because it's going to be, you know, elbows to butts. Um Stop at one of the other bars, grab a drink, then grab a pizza from Captain Cook's, and then go sit out on the beach. Just hang out. Yep. Sounds like a perfect night. Yes. All the all the relaxing vibes. Exactly. For After sure. a, a day at the parks, it's just, I recommend it. You gotta, just gotta do it. <laughs> Pro tip. So, this next one kind of involves some strategy. But if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Uh, this would this is easy for me. It's Big Thunder Mountain. Mm. We have, I don't think we've heard that one before. Yeah, I don't know if we have either. So I've heard the- a lot of people employ strategies for this. Like, <laughs> no, I just want to ride the ride that I I like a lot. So yeah, I just want to ride it whenever I want. So, do you prefer the Disneyland or the Walt Disney World version? They're just they they both have their own like things that are good and, and bad, and I think you can say that about like Haunted Mansion or Pirates or any any of the ones that are shared. Uh, Disneyland, I've only ridden once, so it's hard for me to say when I've ridden the other one at Disney World like many many times. Sometimes um, uh, that's the ride that I'll go to when the park is closing, and I'll be able to catch it like two or three times before it fully closes. Mm. So it's tough. Disneyland, though, I know that they've retracted, so it's a lot smoother. And they have projection effects with the explosions, which is beautiful. So, like, I'm really looking forward to going on that one since it's been a year now since I've been on it. And I've been on Big Thunder Mountain at Magic Kingdom. 
like a dozen times since then. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a lot more fun to kind of A and B those. Yeah, for sure. So next one would be sticking with Roger Attractions. Which ride do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment from the parks? Oh, this one's easy for me. It's Journey into Imagination. Ah. Okay, so you got to qualify that. <laughs> is that taking it back to the old version or is it taking it out completely? Oh, okay. Sorry. It's a refurbishment. Okay. Something like that needs to be present. Like it's just something with that vibe, that feel of the original, which I'm fortunate enough to have experienced. That original one is just like, it. I, I don't think it's just nostalgia talking because I've watched it on YouTube and it just, where is Dreamfinder? Why is he not around? Why did they turn Figment into this like more annoying little dragon versus this like childlike, I don't know, like just curious little thing? It used to be so captivating. And the the it feels like they cut corners just to have something. Like don't don't you go through that ride and you're going through the senses and there's like two senses. They're like, oh, we don't have time for this, and you just make a quick right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's crazy to me. I mean, at least the song is still there, but it feels like a total cop out the way that they have it now. And I know that they had a bunch of issues with like sponsors and Kodak and all that stuff. So I know that they worked with what they had. But I think now that they're investing into Epcot so much, it's a good time to revisit that and really make it what it could be. Even if they have to throw in some IP there, like I think Inside Out is a really easy one to kind of cross over with. Have figment cross-pollinate with some of the ips that make sense i think it could be awesome yeah yeah how fun would a figment and bing bong ride be (laughs) exactly i would ride it over and over again that's funny yeah i like that answer i was a little concerned at first thought you were demolishing it i've just gotta have figment in some capacity yeah well they put them on so much of the merch yeah like what are you guys doing? Like, <laughs> if you have him as your Epcot mascot, at least make his ride good. Yeah. And also, can we get rid of that part where they say imagination is a blast? Because that scares the crap out of me every time. <laughs> yeah. and I, it's funny that you say that because this past time when we just wrote it, I think I was, like, drinking some power because I was like, okay, the ride stopped. Like, this is a good – and then it did that. It was terrifying. <laughs> I was not expecting that because we hadn't wrote it in a long time. Yep. Whose fault is that? It's partially mine, but <laughs> it's because it's like the people mover. I'm just not willing to wait for it. The last time we went, it had like a 40 minute wait or something. It was crazy. It was also Christmas Day. Okay, so yeah. it was Christmas. <laughs> Whatever. I think I remember seeing uh, even the, um, what is it? The Three Caballeros ride was like out to the pavilion, like yep. by the uh, tequila stand. It was yeah. insanity. Yep. I can't believe you guys braved that. We didn't ride a single attraction that day. Yeah, we just hung out. People watched. Yeah. Probably the smartest thing. <laughs> Good grief. I, I think everybody was looking at the app just to see out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Have you guys done New Year's? We no. have not. <laughs> Is that like a bucket list thing to try once? I've seen the vlogs of people doing it. It looks fun. The crowds look insane. But I think I would do it once. Just I would be there. Yeah, I would probably do it once. I don't know if I would do Magic Kingdom, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I might do a different park on New Year's Day. I, I was going to say, that's the thing. We've never done, like, Magic Kingdom on Christmas. Mostly because we were using my sister's, like, cast member tickets, and she's blacked out. Mm. And so, yeah, that might be a little overload. We really don't like crowds that much. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know about that. I've seen the one at Epcot. That one looks pretty cool, too, because they'll uh, have the countdowns happening when they happen in the different pavilions' respective countries. Oh. I think it's a nice touch. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, they'll have some fireworks going off in, like, the Japan Pavilion when it's New Year's there. Oh. That's awesome. So is, on list. is New Year's Eve or New Year's Day more crowded? Or are they equally as crowded? That I'm not sure of. I assume New Year's Eve is crazy and New Year's Day is... Maybe a little quieter. Yeah. 
People are getting a late start. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. If you, if you can wake up and go in the morning, I bet it'll be empty. Oh, yeah. That's a perfect day to rope drop. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've seen the uh, the parks hit capacity at like 10 a.m. or something ridiculous like that on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Probably the same for like July 4th, too. Yep. So next one, our favorite segment about food. What is your favorite snack or go-to snack? It's hard to say Dole Whip because I'm seeing it pop up more and more, but I always have a Dole Whip when I go to Magic Kingdom. Other than that, the waffles, Mickey waffles. Yes. Good I'm choices. a sucker for a Mickey waffle. Yep. Yes. So sticking with food, what are your favorite table service and quick service restaurants? Uh, buffets count, right? As table service? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I'll say Boma over at Animal Kingdom Lodge. It is like the best in terms of like the food quality, the uh, uniqueness and diversity of the food. And you can have as much of it as you want. Plus they got that juice, which is delicious. Mm-hmm. And then just throwing out a non-buffet uh, answer is Skipper Canteen at Magic Kingdom. It does. I know it can be a little weird, some of the things that they come up with, but I'm an adventurous eater. So like it's perfect for me. Plus the, uh, the waiters come up to you and they're trying to throw out puns just like in the ride jungle cruise. So to me, I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. And it's also beautifully decorated. Like if you are into Disney sea stuff, at, not the park, but like the society of, of explorers and adventurers, they have a whole room just dedicated to that. Mm-hmm. So like if you're into any of that backstory stuff of like any of that, it's all there and it's amazing. So many details. Mm-hmm. What about quick service? Uh, Casey's, most likely. Yes! Yes! Uh, I don't know why. It's just a (laughs) foot long and they throw a bunch of stuff on it, but it's amazing and I can sit down and watch a pianist play and it's just nice. Also, I have a tip for this. If you're going to the Very Merry Party, don't grab Casey's and then go find your seat for the parade because there's going to be snow falling and you're going to have to duck into the stores (laughs) and you're going to get snope on your hot dog and it's not going to be a good time. <laughs> not that that's ever happened before or anything. No, not at all. <laughs> I love it. Those are all good answers. We've got to try Skipper Canteen. We haven't been yet. No, we haven't. So they do have some safe things on their menu. So like I, I, I would check it out. I need, I need the safe options. Give me some chicken and I'm, and I'm good. Yep. Real adventurous. So next <laughs> would be your favorite character meet and greet moment. Oh, this one is going to be tough because um, I got to give you some context. Okay, so around the time I was nine, I was super into tap dance. I fancied myself like getting into that, and I taught it for a while. Um, around that time, my school actually was going down to Florida to perform at Disney, for we won some some contest you submit a video whatever we we got to go down there for a week and part of being one of the schools that's dancing is you get to learn some choreography with some of you you get to work with uh disney entertainment in in a limited capacity just to kind of get you know if you're interested in this when you grow up you know you can here's what it's like and so this one day we're learning some choreography a choreographer is like working with us in terms of like being in the actual dance. So he's like, this is what I'm going to do. And then you guys do this and I'm going to do this. And then everyone on the left will do this. And so we run through it a couple of times and um, we find out real quick that it's not him who we're going to dance with. Mickey pops out of nowhere and just, just replace Mickey, the choreographer with Mickey. And we run through the whole song with Mickey mouse and then we we meet him afterwards and that hands down is the best like time i've had with any character as a meet and greet to actually like do a number with him that is awesome that is so awesome i'm so upset that i was never talented as a child because we hear these great stories about like the bands getting to perform and now you're getting to dance and all these people have all these amazing things and i never I could have never been even, like, eligible for any of that. That is so awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a that's a memory that I cherish a lot. Yeah. Man. 
I'm I'm but jealous too. I need to know <laughs> if they still do contests like that because I would make a bomb video <laughs> to go to Disney for a week. <laughs> Sign uh, me up for that. Man. <laughs> I'm sure they still have like a arts program of some kind like that, but Apparently, they don't perform in the parks anymore. Um, I, I met somebody on Instagram that performed at Disney, but they performed at the stage at Disney Springs instead. They had like their college dance troupe go perform there. I think it was when I would when I did it, being like 20 years ago, uh, that happened in Tomorrowland. Yeah. It used to be the stage around where the uh, that incredible show was. The, the stage in Tomorrowland, it used to be a big one there. Yeah. With like with seating and all that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I do too, actually. Mm -hmm. So next one would be your favorite Disney movie. Um, I know that you guys say that it's okay to include like IP, but I'm going to keep it just Disney because I could have an entire discussion about Marvel movies. <laughs> so I'll keep that to the side here. But my favorite is uh, Mary Poppins. Ooh, we haven't heard that one too often. Yeah, good classic. That's your... honestly one one of the ones that uh, got me into dance. Like, I would be I was like a kid watching it, and the couches I would be running on on top of them, like I was a chimney sweep on the rooftops. Like that one, the music is just awesome. I halfway thought when you were telling your character meet and greet moment that it was going to be Bert yeah. who popped out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would be cool too. <laughs> so we got to ask, what's your favorite Marvel movie? Just to stir um, the pot. Civil War, maybe, or Winter Soldier. I'm still kind of thinking between the two. Because Winter Soldier is really good in terms of just, it, it's just this good slow burner, like spy thriller type of thing with a good amount of action in it. Whereas Civil War has a bit of spectacle. And it's like the first one pre-Infinity War, pre-Endgame that has like that big crossover. And you actually see superheroes duking it out like there's never been this many on screen before and you get the first appearance of black panther first appearance of spider-man and it's all perfect mm -hmm. but then you have like at times it's not my favorite because you have steve rogers being like no he's my friend no <laughs> <laughs> like he's so dramatic about it <laughs> yeah i it's it's not a spoiler but i do like an end game where they almost make fun of how captain america used to be like that yeah, like oh, yeah. he's I acknowledges that, that i could do this all day and he's like yeah yeah i know <laughs> yeah that was one of my favorite parts so sticking with disney favorites what is your favorite disney song um it's from hunchback it's out there i was actually thinking when we were watch having watching happily ever after this weekend that out there is a very good song yeah Oh, it is. I mean, most of the music from Hunchback, people sleep on it. But you have Hellfire, which is a crazy song to be sung by the villain, a priest or whatever he is, like a religious guy talking about, you know, being turned on by this gypsy. Like, that's insane to me. Like, this is a children's <laughs> movie. What? And yeah. then you have like Topsy Turvy and Bells of Notre Dame. Like, the soundtrack for that was awesome. A little dark, but awesome. Yeah. So next one would be your favorite Disney quote. It could be from Walt or any of the movies. I actually have one from a ride. Okay. Like a grand and miraculous spaceship, our planet has sailed through the universe of time, and for a brief moment, we have been among its passengers. Are you going to apply to be the new narrator for Spaceship Earth? I feel like <laughs> I they need freaking one. wish. <laughs> I wish. Uh, who is it now? Judy Dench? I think she's holding it down pretty well. Yeah. We'll see in two years where, whenever that refurb is over that yeah. we keep hearing about. But yeah, that one just, it appeals to like the scientist in me. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. And definitely something that we haven't heard. So I like that. So the last question of the Fast Pass round would be just what is your favorite Disney Parks memory? Ooh, that's a that's a tough one. I think like my favorite now that I've actually been meeting up with people is is that is like connecting and networking, like walking around with Lewis around World Showcase, spending half a day with him and he gets recognized a lot and like seeing 
how appreciative people are of the content that he puts out that he makes them, you know, whenever they're um, feeling a little Disney depressed, you know, they miss the parks and stuff like that. They appreciate like him bringing it to them wherever they might be. And so overhearing some of these conversations and just how humble this guy was and also how gracious he was with his time and giving me advice that that so far has been my favorite experience is spending a day with this guy who just lives and breathes the parks and him taking me along for that. I love that. Yeah. And I'm super hyped because some of our upcoming trips are going to overlap. So we will get to hang out with you. Hopefully yeah. in the parks in July, so everybody can stay tuned for that. Yeah. Are you Are you going to be up for vlogging? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, the big question. <laughs> um, we will be on the vlog, and we will take Instagram stories, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, that's nerve-wracking. We would, I feel like we would run out of things to say. That would be our thing. We'd be like <laughs> elbowing each other, like, now it's your turn to talk. <laughs> right, come up with something. Come on. Yeah. No, I, I, we can give it a shot. I think it'll be fun. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Like, especially, I'm not going to like point a camera at you and ask you guys questions about yourself. I'm going to, you know, I want to know how you guys react to stuff, you know? Yeah. We'll, we'll keep it in the moment. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Ease we are excited. It. So, Andres, our very last question for you is if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into this community, either as a content creator or product producer want to open up their own shop, want to start a blog, whatever it might be, what would be your advice to that person? All right. So I have two things. I have my own bit of advice and then I have a story that I want to share. I'll start with my own, which is whatever it is that you're trying to do, whether it is Disney related or not, you're trying to make your own thing, just go for it. Just get started, whatever it is. You can sit around thinking about it. Oh, I really want to do this. I really wish I could do this. Like you got to just get started. People have asked me, like, how do I vlog? I don't know how to say it. Like, I'm not comfortable in front of a camera. I don't know what to say. I, I you know, you got to just do it. The only way to, like, know how to vlog is by doing it. And I think this circles back to something I was saying before. You got to make your first vlog to be able to make your 100th. And make your first post before you can be able to make your 100th. So just, whatever it is, don't be, feel intimidated and don't feel any doubt just just go for it and get started and then the story um so this one is actually one that i haven't heard uh before but i strangely enough um my podcast uh spotify autoplayed to like a podcast from 2007 and um it was an interview that was done with a gentleman whose name i'm gonna forget of course but his father helped Walt Disney build Disneyland and worked with him on the train stations and stuff. So he was a kid when Disneyland opened and he like got to ride the train station the first time it went around with Walt Disney. And so he had a few moments with him and he just is marveling at all of this and asks him, how did you do all of this? What What's the secret here? And so Walt looks at him and says, well, there's four words that I really believe in and practice and they're my secret to success. And they all happen to start with C. And the four words were curiosity, confidence, courage, and consistency. He said, if you apply those, there's no limit to what dreams you can create out of those four words. Most importantly of all those words is confidence. If you believe in something, you got to believe it all over. And don't let anyone tell you what you can't do. Because if he had listened to all the experts about Disneyland, it would have never been built. All of the conventional thinking that he went against about what an amusement park could be, like thinking about that, it's they don't think about a guy who's just got a wholehearted belief in what he's doing. And no one's he's not, didn't listen to anybody who told him his ideas were dumb. You didn't. NBC wasn't investing. CBS wasn't investing any of that. You had ABC who invested in Disneyland and then Disney buys it back. And then years and years later, they end up buying ABC. It's just it's a great story that I love relaying. As soon as I heard that, I was like, I I'm writing this down and I know exactly where I can say it <laughs> and where I can share it with everybody. Yeah, I am hype. Let's, yes. let's record another hour. I know. Talk about a good like 
pump up feel good story i mean that's just the perfect the perfect ending a nice bow on our episode together how is walt so smart he he is <laughs> the man <laughs> he's just that one do you think he would appreciate you calling him that one <laughs> <laughs> for sure I think he does. Well, awesome. So thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I think, needless to say, we wholeheartedly agree with everything you said, especially, you know, getting started, that, that that's one of the biggest hurdles and obstacles that you have to overcome. And and your content and the products that you put out are not going to be what you want them to be when you first start. But like you said, you have to post the first time to get to the hundredth time. And that's all part of the process. And I think something that we've mentioned a few times on the podcast, but it I think it still rings true is that this this community is so forgiving and so encouraging that mm-hmm. mistakes along the way are going to be embraced instead of ridiculed or whatever negative term that you want to throw at it that that everybody is trying to help everybody succeed for the most part and I think it's so easy to find those people who are your biggest cheerleaders and supporters and so I I love that I think that's wonderful advice yeah, this is definitely a community that is you're making content and you have the support system for it just built right in because everybody's kind of trying to make their own thing. Yeah. And that's what's awesome about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for all of that. This has been a wonderful episode. We've had so much fun talking to you. One last thing before we go, if you can remind our listeners where they can connect with you online. All right. So you can find me on Instagram and YouTube at thrills and magic not an ampersand but a n d and pretty soon there will be a thrillsandmagic.com which if you're following me on social media you will definitely find out about yes we are so excited for that and of course we will promote that on our end as well we'll put the links to all those in our show notes if you're listening to this in the future dum 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 the pod, the website will probably already be up so it's a great time to go check that out see what andres is working on so Once again, thank you so much for joining us. We really had a blast chatting. Yeah, thank you guys so much for inviting me. I really had a good time. Do you like Star Wars? How about Marvel? How about Disney? If you answered yes to any of these, we'd love to have you listen to our new podcast, Kingdom Outcast. We're just three guys chatting about news, topics, and events in the Disney universe. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.